Today, we're chatting with the host of Insights to Live By about making positivity a reflex, leaning toward optimism, earned confidence, staying grounded, self-belief, winning the battle within, and inevitability thinking, among many other things. You definitely don't want to miss this one. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We've got an awesome guest. Uh, we're going to go down so many different roads. But before we get there, quick update on the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Continues to stick around on the charts, a number one bestseller in multiple categories on Amazon. And I'm super grateful for all the five-star rave reviews and all the emails that people send in letting me know how you're liking the content and how you are implementing it in your life. Thank you so much. And of course, welcome to anyone that found out about it through the Yahoo article last year or the USA Today article this year or the Forbes article this year. Or if a friend told you or any other way, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for checking out the book. And for anyone that has not had the chance to check out the book yet, you can feel free to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com and that'll auto forward to the Amazon listing where you can get it in Kindle or paperback or audiobook if you prefer. And if you don't want to pull out your wallet, you can very easily just go to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. That's K-A-P. And you can check out the free content devoted to the book instead. And, you know, it's got free new techniques. It's got some featured LOA expert interviews and a few other surprises. With that said, speaking of surprises, we've got a lot of fun surprises in store in this upcoming conversation here. So I'm going to switch up mics and we're going to begin our conversation with Matt. Today, we've got another awesome guest and I'm really excited where this conversation might go. You know, Matt Zinman, he's the author of Zisms. He's the host of Insights to Live By. He's also a nonprofit founder, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And he describes himself as a happierness mindset innovator, which, uh, wow, we've, I'm sure there's a lot going on there. And I'm sure we're going to learn a lot through the description of that. But, you know, I'm actually reading a lot of this off his Instagram profile because I love the way a lot of times people condense what they do there as a jump off point. So, with that said, let's dive on in. Matt Zinman, thank you so much for being here, my friend, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Andrew, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's pleasure's all mine. And it's like, I don't even know where to begin. I guess let's lead with that, that one piece where people are probably wondering about the most. When you say happierness, mindset innovator, I mean, what do we mean by happierness? Where are we going with that? Sure. Well, at the foundation of Zisms, the is is a whole set of principles around mindset. And happiness is one that actually evolved over time, uh, even after the book and into uh, the work around the podcast and, and more recently the courses. And what, what it really speaks to is the opportunity to choose to respond to real-time events with a reflex of positivity hmm. in the sense that whatever is going on, any circumstances, optimism and pessimism apply to the very same set. So that lends itself to, to that choice. And the fact that also some other principles we can get into that help us stay grounded in the present and just deal with the real, that means that you're, you're living in the now. And as things occur, you're seeing things through that lens of happiness to choose positivity 
uh, in every case as a reflex. Cool. So I'm going to go a little deeper with that because hearing you say that, first of all, it resonates a lot and it really connects with me because like often when I'm on a podcast being interviewed and, you know, obviously I've been talking a lot about my book and people ask me about my approach and, and all these pieces and they have a certain expectation over, you know, a law of attraction author. I'm very quick to point out that I'm a strategy guy. It's all about what you can, can you strategically do that's going to invite better circumstances. And what I hear from you saying that is the whole thing about leaning towards optimism versus pessimism is it's not just for a better life experience, but it's better also strategically to invite more. Whereas if you're thinking positively, it isn't just about thinking, oh, look at these uh, fairies and butterflies and rainbows and sunshine and cotton candy. It's I'm feeling good because I know when I'm feeling good, I'm going to be more composed. I'm going to be calmer. I'm going to make sound decisions. I'm going to make better decisions. I'm not going to panic. I'm going to see things in a whole new light. I'm going to see the chessboard a lot more widely. This is my interpretation. As I say that, how does that resonate or land with what your feelings are about the term happiness and about this strategy? Sure. Well, I think you're spot on. And I mentioned, and I think it's a good opportunity to to revisit the the concept of earned confidence, which is actually my chapter one. And it speaks to another basic concept, uh, some of which you just described, which is the fact that we've all been through everything we've been in our lives. We're in, you and I, you know, we're having this conversation. All of us are, we're still standing, right? So it, it, it reasons to the, to the point that we have proven to ourselves that we are fully capable of overcoming whatever comes our way in real time. So that particularly when it comes to as a grounding principle for remaining present reminds you, you don't have to worry or be anxious or stress about things that are uncertain to happen because you're automatically putting whatever negativity into something that ultimately may not occur. So you can then just deal with the real and, and rely on that earned confidence to stay grounded so that as events then do occur in real time, that's when your reflex of happiness uh, and positivity kicks in. Yeah, you know, hearing this, it really speaks to me more also to, you know, the meaning that we place into things and the impact that that meaning has. Because, you know, you go on a good date, for example, and you, you, know, you text the person back the next day and you don't hear back and you're like, oh, my God, this person hates me. Not realizing that they were in a car wreck and they never got the message and they would have gotten right back. And then it's a whole different can of worms and different things. But it's amazing what we don't know what's happening in the background. And we're making our interpretations. Hence, again, when you have that more positive perspective, it helps you make better decisions as you move forward. And I do love the, the idea of earned confidence. Now, earned confidence and the way you put that, you also talk about like Z-isms. That's the name of your book, which I assume is, right. you know, because, you know, Zinman, Z, you know, the things that you would say. Is earned confidence a concept within Z-isms or is it a Z-inism itself? Yeah, well, uh, I'll back up a half step. And it's funny that, you know, the origin, what a Zism is, which is often uh, an initial question I get is basically a life lesson. Uh, you know, those pearls of wisdom we all have that, uh, that we can and do share with others uh, to help improve one another's lives. And that was certainly a, a lot of the, the rationale behind the book. The subtitle is Insights to Live By, as you mentioned, the same name of my podcast and by any other name, those are your Z-isms. Um, a lot of people think of isms as quips and quotes, and certainly there are call-outs and concepts like earned confidence that apply. But of course, you know, Andrew, it's a, f- a fully-fledged 
uh, book. And um, at, at the same time, it is important to, to, to make those highlights along the way and earn confidence is, is one of the key grounding principles uh, behind it. And, you know, I, it, it does come from a lot of life experience and, you know, in this case, and just a slight digression is that when I was in my, my mid twenties, um, my mom, we, we discovered had a, a terminal illness, unfortunately. And it's, it's, it's now just past 25 years since wow. she's gone. So, um, you know, this is, this is not recent, but certainly at the time it was very harrowing. And as, of course, as you go through that process and there are times and, and everyone goes through this in one way, shape or form in their life that you have to just deal with the real, because if you get caught up in the anguish of what might be, and then realize, you know, in, in this case, you know, we thought we'd lose her a number of times and, and then she'd pull through, thank goodness. Uh, but then you put yourself through that anguish. So the, the earned confidence really with, um, you know, and honoring her is, is where that originated from. And mm. it's just one of those things that, that has always served me well. And it was a, a major impetus for my writing the book and why it's chapter one. Mm. It sounds to me like one, you know, among many things you were trying to help people with is helping them cultivate emotional resiliency. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, I love that. Yeah. The, the winning the battle within that we all constantly are, are, are challenged with and, and how do you do that? And you mentioned before, you know, the, uh, you know, hopefully that car wreck did not happen uh, in, in real life, but that's an assumption. So yes. it's the same thing along the lines of, you know, anxiety and worry to catch yourself, to train yourself around that reflex so that when you find yourself getting caught up in those things and assumptions in that same category of something that is uncertain or yes. uncertain to happen, you could say, well, this, you know, I don't know for sure. This is, this is for real. So, you know, with your own confidence, I'll say it again, just deal with the real. Yeah. You know, I can think back to, times in my life where I was worried about something happening and it would ruin my whole day. It would kill my whole productivity. And here's the funny thing. Obviously everyone's expecting me to say it didn't happen. And most of the time it didn't, but even the times when it did happen, it was still a complete waste of energy to be worrying about beforehand because there was nothing I can do until it happened in that context, in that situation. So right. no matter what I cost myself a day of productivity, a day of happiness, a day of growth, a day of learning, allowing some issue to live rent-free in my head. Yeah, you know, it's a fine line. You know, it's not to say that, you know, through experiences, we can anticipate, we can trust our intuition. And, and, and you do find yourself getting into the what ifs. And sometimes that's okay. As long as you're detached from getting caught up in the as if. Mm -hmm. And that way, when you, through your experience, did correctly predict something was going to happen it's good to give it some forethought about how you would react because you're training that reflex in advance but how you would react with that happierness mindset what would be your positive reflex if something you anticipate or are concerned about actually happens how are you going to make the best of that how are you going to not let it ruin your day if and when it happens and look, I, you know, you're compartmentalizing, you're being very cerebral about this, as opposed to, you know, keeping it in your head and, in, in, instead of, you know, coursing through your uh, negative, negative feelings. Uh, but, you know, that's the, that, that's the practice of it. You know, it's a mm. skill that we all have to have to keep getting better at. 
Love it. Now, I want to dive a little more into to things that you're doing. But before we get there, I did want to sure. highlight you are a nonprofit founder. And we were talking before we hit the record button. Obviously, you know, COVID has changed the ways the world is operating. Right. That's, you know, I'm saying it's, it's helped you make this decision that at least for now, you're going to pivot into this. But before we get there, like what inspired you to do a nonprofit? What how'd you go in that direction? And what are you still doing in, in any way, shape or form regarding the nonprofit? Yeah, there's a whole journey there for sure. I mean, uh, my, my original foray into entrepreneurship goes back to 2002 and my, my initial career in communication, public relations and founding my own agency, getting an anchor client, doing that for a, a few years. And in that business, I'm sure, you know, you're, you're billing by the hour. I was a single dad at the time, you know, you can only get ahead so much, you know, all, all of those. And I was looking for, you know, where my experience and passion and skills aligned with what I saw to be a market opportunity. And for me, it was in and around the field of internships. And the great gaps that I, I, I recognized through those experiences between the schools and the employers or the employers don't know what they're doing. And so it started out with my developing intellectual property uh, around the, you know, building the wheel, essentially, like, here you go, employer is really where we focused, kind of like installing internships or Johnny Apple seating, you know, as the, as the saying goes, to make sure that they take root and, and, uh, and, and grow strong. And, and those opportunities are, are like annuities and they expand. And what happened was number one, it was so novel. I could not get it valuated. My, my IP was, there was just, just no way to get it to, uh, you know, to get that kind of investment that was needed. And it is a manpower labor intensive type work. So there's only so much I can do from, from my end. And at the same time, there were a number of grants. And so a year or two into that from 05 to 07, some opportunities arose. Now you're talking about workforce development, economic development. Um, and I started out with a, um, a bridge grant, 375,000 from a federal grant and uh, to do just as what we described. And, and that was really the origin of founding the nonprofit and being on that side of the equation. And since then, you know, it extends to disadvantaged youth or uh, veterans in transition, you know, but ultimately it's still up to the employers to provide those opportunities. So our role um, for, you know, literally those 15 years or so was to create them. Um, now at the same time, you know, fast forward and, and rewind a bit to last year in the intersection of, of COVID and my book coming out the last March, sideline the nonprofit. There's not a lot of internships happening, everything, the virtual world, right? I don't need to, to convey what everybody knows. And so while at the time in publishing the book, I had not expected to continue on in this field. I expected, okay, this is a book I want to write, earn confidence, all these things I want to, to get out and share. Uh, and and you just, you know, it's one of those principles, which is actually a chapter in the book about going with the flow, swimming with the current. And the way things worked out is that the, you know, the nonprofit, I can't say it's fully run its course. I still have some work to do. I have a lot to show for it, but it is largely still on the side burner. And so in the meantime, it's like, you know, I'm really enjoying this. I've done a number of these kinds of interviews. You know, I had the microphone for those. I'm like, yeah, I really love this. That led to the podcast, and now uh, you know the evolution of it all has led to my developing these courses, and that's where I am right now. So, um, you know, honestly, I've never been happier, and and uh, I'm I'm so 
glad to be able to continue to make an impact one way or another. I love it. I, I could be projecting or interpreting here, but I get the feeling that the stuff that you did with the nonprofit and the direction you took in trying to, you know, lead, get, help people along, position them more, more favorably for success, give them more opportunity. It gets, I get the feeling that you've taken a lot of those concepts and a lot of the modalities within that, and you're putting that into these new products and this new information that you're now sharing with people. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I have a, uh, there's a whole, um, that's interesting. You, 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 you could see that there's, there was a migration of a fair amount of content, especially around livelihood alignment and all the career resources that I developed that in my big course is the module 12 is in the, in the final days of it. That's, that's a 29 day course. And so as an add on, I've got all these, you know, supplements that were already, uh, you know, well, well established from, from the internship work. So, um, there, there is a lot of transition there. And, you know, honestly, Andrew, I, you know, you, that's, that's life's work there. You know, I mean, I, I'm a young man still, but 15 years of, uh, of my prime, I'm, I'm certainly determined to, to have that come back around. It, it, for me, it wasn't really only just about installing internship programs at the ground level. There's a whole systemic aspect to it that is very big picture um, ripple effect mm-hmm. that um, it's time will come. And, yeah. And, and uh, I'll see that through. And and the reason I highlighted that and what I love about this is I think there's people sometimes um, your thing was not a failure, but some people do experience failures where they'll, they'll create something great and the marketing won't be on lock or something else. And they'll discard the information, but you, again, your thing wasn't a failure, but given that there was a, you know, the whole COVID thing stopping it, you're like, okay, this is still valid. Let me repurpose it in a highly efficient really great way so that I can continue to share it with people, continue to teach people, continue to use it and, and have it in my arsenal. And I want to again, highlight that because I think there's people out there where you might've created something great and whether it's COVID stopping it or whether it didn't off, go off the ground or something else, don't cast that aside. Even if you're pivoting and doing something new, because there is a potential that what you've done there can seamlessly flow into whatever new thing you're doing. And again, it sounds like you've been almost intuitively, you're like, yeah, this is, what I'm going to do. And the really cool thing is I believe Matt, that, you know, should things line up again, where you dive more into the nonprofit and that opportunity is there again, right. I feel like you're going to take higher levels of things you've cultivated here and pour them back in. So there'll be like upgraded versions of the things that people had there. Yeah. I mean, look, all, even just the life experience of it and, and, and all that I, I've learned. Um, and I have to say, Andrew, you know, if you, if going back to the original part of the story, you know, what I saw as the market need and opportunity turned out to be probably one of the hardest things I could possibly have imagined trying to do and, and mm-hmm. how much of a frontier the field is. And it is, a, there's a lot of friction. There are a ton of you would thinks, but both on the employer side and particularly the academic side, what the schools mm-hmm. don't do. And, uh, and so there's just such huge gaps there that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a man. And, uh, and, and, and yet I do feel good about what I have to show for. And yes, there's a lot of transition, but it was one of those things, honestly, from a personal standpoint that it's in a way just as well, in a, that the decision was kind of made for me mm-hmm. to, to have to, you know, expand in a, in a different way because it, the current was getting stronger against me. And then suddenly, you know, I, I'm a willful person. And I think that anyone who, who can, can relate to that and that you have that experience of, you know, I'm really banging my head against the wall here. You know, like I'm doing everything. I'm imposing my will. It's just not going my way. Um, 
swimming against the current. That's, you know, that's when you really need to just take pause and be like, uh, I'm not sure what it means to turn around, but I'm definitely not going in the right direction. Mm. So for me, uh, you know, that was, you know, that was as a life experience this past year, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, certainly still in process, but it's, it's, it's working out. Like I said, I've never, I just feel lighter and, and um, I'm just so pleased to talk about it. I love it. And, you know, obviously it's evolving and obviously you'll have a completely new perspective on it even a year from now, but right now in this moment, things are happening. You're getting feedback from people that are using your programs that are reading your book that are listening to your podcast. I'm curious based on where you are right now in this new pivot, right? What are one or two common problems that you find your audience or your, uh, your customers are encountering and what's your suggestion for getting them around whatever that challenge might be? I'm just going to take pause because you know, there's, there's a full spectrum of, uh, of answers there. Um, I, I think that, you know, I want to speak a little bit more to your audience from the career and business standpoint awesome. uh, as well. Um, and, and I, is not, <laughs> based on your question, to me, there, what comes to mind isn't the simplest answer, but I'd like to talk, I'd like to speak to the concept of inevitability. Mm. And mm. it really, which is a later chapter, and you and I had spoken about this before, I do cover the law of attraction in one chapter and really just boiling it down. I mean, I, I'm not a quantum physicist, you know, I, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, have not explored it nearly to the, to the ends that, and of what you're providing and all the value you do. But I summarize that as, you know, what we expect tends to happen. And at the same time, recognizing that the law of attraction doesn't, can't do the heavy lifting for you. It can't do the things that are effortful. It's not going to write the book. It's not going to make a company successful. It's not going to change your career uh, and, and align things for you. you know, there's some, there's, there's some work to be done there. So, and as much as the way that the law of attraction may be powered by gratitude, very well established gratitude works that when we're looking at inevitability, it's about basically setting that goal in and around your, your somewhat of your why, your legacy, but, but more specific to something that you can define in a crystal clear way mm. and see that as your point B. And, and in a business standpoint, I think a lot of the tendency is to be very business plan driven, where you're like, okay, um, what's my three, six, you know, nine month, you know, one, one, three, five, ten. And then I'm at point A and how do I get to point B? But when you're taking these same principles that extend from, in, in my experience and, and perception, the law of attraction into the areas like this that are effortful, you have to start at point B. You have to get entirely crystal clear, put aside all friction, whether that's, you know, competitors or, you know, market challenges and, and just get into the ideal state and really rewind that from point B potentially by using dominoes through self-belief that mm. you have to, you have to identify the crystal clear vision that aligns with the self-belief so strongly that it's as if it's already happened in the future. Right. So uh -huh. it's that self-belief that gives you as an entrepreneur, that grit and that clarity. And in having that and in applying 
I, I, I'm pretty sure you'll agree, some of the principles of the law of attraction, that's going to combine to remove a lot of the friction that's going to close the, the and make the line strong, you know, straighter rather between that point B working backwards to your point A. And I think that one of the challenges and the same thing goes for career from an individual standpoint, if you're not speaking to this as an entrepreneur, the same principles apply. You know, right. am, am, am I aligned? And, uh, and, and I think that that is a common problem that a lot of people face, um, you know, whether through the paycheck or, you know, keeping the lights on scenario. And so I just encourage them to take the, a lot of the principles that you speak to and extend them through self-belief to make those visions inevitably um, manifested. Yeah. You know, just as a quick adjunct to what you were saying there, when, sure. when I first heard you use the word inevitable, I don't know if I've ever listed this or, or mentioned this on my podcast before, but I learned the concept of inevitability thinking from um, an entrepreneur, uh, Evan Pagan. Um, and it's, again, I don't, I'm not saying that you're saying this, but a lot of stuff that he was talking about is about setting up the conditions for success. Like, you know, what would have to happen or what would I do? to make this outcome inevitable, you know, and, and right. that could be, whether it's through gratitude, that could be getting clear. That could be simply saying, well, what's within my control and what isn't let's work on the stuff that's within my control. Right. Let's see where the inspired ideas come and keep working in that direction. That's kind of like not the exact interpretation I got from you, but some of the thoughts that were popping into my mind as you were describing what you thought about that. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of alignment there. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. I I've not heard of him before, Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the concept is the same and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's easy just to, to kind of be at that point a and, and, and really not be able to get the clarity because you're just letting things unfold from where you are, as opposed to going to where you want to be and, and, and folding backwards. And I, I think that that, that paradigm shift, that mental shift that also leads you to an identity shift. Mm-hmm. in and around law of attraction, who, you know, who am I going to, who am I then for where I want to go and be that person more now? And that's another principle, of course, that will help things uh, align and fall into place. I love it. I love it. I, I want to also make sure just to ask you, you know, about your podcast, you know, how, how's that going? What inspired that piece specifically? What's, what's been, if anything, the one or two biggest insights that you've gotten as you've gone down that path of having an insight and talking to other people? Well, for one, I love it. You know, when, it, when I, uh, when this, I, it was a post interview like this, that the host said to me, Hey, you ever think about starting your own podcast? I was like, no, <laughs> I was, I just, it was just everything I was, uh, I was into. And I'm so glad I did. And, you know, huge coincidence kind of that I followed through on led me uh, to pursue it. And there was a combination of, of motivations. One of which honestly was the audio book that, knowing that the that that zisms is just so much of me intertwined it's not possible to have anyone else narrate it and at the same time the thought of me taking my book page by page word for word and trying to read it off like an audiobook I, like bores me you know mm. in, the, in the thought of like i you know i wouldn't want to do that so my podcast you know is definitely a blend of solo shows and guest episodes and many of the solo episodes at the onset this is now coming to its fruition were based on, have been based on chapters from the book. So I'm now converting a number, you know, those chapters into the audio book and I'm pulling down those, 
those episodes essentially as we speak the the audiobook is 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 just about done so that was that was one thing and i'm really just so grateful and super happy about doing it that way and i think it's just going to be that much more of an enjoyable experience than than how any other audiobook might be produced was was to combine it but the other thing is just having the opportunity to meet so many amazing people uh bringing them onto my podcast and and just having conversations like this being on on your side of the mic, uh, it's a little easier on your side of the mic. So I like it there too. And, uh, and, and to be able to hear other people's insights to live by that, that's the, that's the theme of the show and that everyone, you know, and getting to know them, we come through that experience in the, the bottom third of the, of, it's, it's very formulaic in how I run the, uh, the conversation that it leads up to, okay, let's share your three insights to live by. And I have to say, I have yet, I'm, I'm coming up on show 50 now. I have wow. yet to have any guest say really the same one. Nice. So, you know, it just goes to speak, you know, those listening right now, it's like, well, what is that advice that you constantly give people? What are those guiding principles that you live by? Um, those pearls of wisdom, those are your Z-isms. And uh, I, I just think it's a fun exercise for people to recognize like, yeah, this, these are some of the things that really, uh, have always served me well. And uh, it's, I always enjoy bringing them to the forefront with my guests. I love it. I love it. I love the direction we're taking this conversation. And now that we're kind of deep into it, because I have a couple more questions for you, but I'm yeah. curious, just based on where we've gone so far, is there anything that you wanted, the, that you want to share with the listener that you want to make sure that we got to, whether it was a concept or an idea or any advice or insights or anything like that, that you're just inspired to say right now? Yeah, you know, there the there's so much. I mean, the book is uh, you know, covers the full as full breadth as I could make it in and around life improvement. So, you know, certainly mindset at the front end and then well-being and then we get into relationships and interactions and then into some of the things we just talked about, gratitude, inevitability, career alignment, livelihood and legacy and and how do you achieve that? Um I you know, I know we'll get to this a little bit more at the end. I just, you give me an open-ended question here. What would I like to choose? You know, we were talking about swimming with the current. And so I'm just going to stay on theme mm-hmm. with that because there's a, there, there's a lot to it. And then maybe let's talk about managing energy mm, for great. a minute too. I think that's very entrepreneur driven too. So I'm just going to go, you know, straight on here in terms of the secret to a healthy relationship, typically you know, in, in a marriage, in a domestic relationship is to know who is the current. And so my, uh, you know, I'm second time around in, in, in my marriage, you heard me mention single dad earlier, my wife, Erica, we're together four years now and, you know, her, her second time too. And of course you learn things through your relationships. And one of the things that we realize in terms of how we complement one another, almost down the middle is that there really isn't a lot of overlap in terms of who's better at what, who has a stronger inclination to do what? You know, Erica handles the finances. She does the taxes. I could not be happier to have her deal with the receipts. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'd like to think I have a say. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, you know, that's just something that works out for me. And we honestly have not really ever had a major disagreement about mm. anything because we always know who the current is. And whenever you get in a situation where, of course, in a, in a relationship, each person has, you know, some position about 
you know, they're, they're being right or, you know, but then perception comes into play and two rights don't necessarily make a wrong. So that, that would be probably a Zism you could pop out of the book there, but it's always clear as to decide who has more to, you know, who's got more at stake. Hmm. Who's, you know, no, you can yeah. never have more than one cook in the kitchen, as it were, in any given situation. And if you approach things like that, as practical as it sounds, it really removes a lot of friction in a, in a domestic relationship. So yeah. um, that's the other dimension to swimming with the current. And real quick, before you dive into the next part, just my yeah. interpretation, like what I hear from that yeah. is, you know, you could look at it one of two ways. It could either be a power struggle or both parts of that relationship, both partners can come in with the mature understanding that sometimes you got to lead, sometimes you've got to follow, sometimes you're supposed to lead, sometimes you're supposed to follow, and both are okay, especially when and if you're on the same page. That's what I get out of that. Yeah, and I think it's a lot easier to keep your ego in check when you realize it's, you know, for your own good too, to, to relinquish some control along mm-hmm. the way. Because if you, if you don't, all you're doing is asking for the friction that then you have to, you know, choke on. whatever you cause (laughs) exactly so i know that sounds pretty straightforward but i don't know i've had my share of relationships and it's it's taken some time to get to that and it works so uh it's just just a thought that i'd love to share as far as managing energy um there being three facets you've got personal energy interpersonal energy and universal energy now we've talked a little bit about universal that's where we're looking at law of attraction um when we're talking about personal energy, personally, as an entrepreneur, I like to approach time management through energy management. So I'm, I'm, I'm always mindful as much as I can be about what are my most, my most productive times of the day um, when I can align the harder work, you know, writing or, you know, doing some numbers or what have you um, versus, Hey, you know what, we're working at home and, I can't write a cohesive sentence and maybe I should just go do laundry, you know, cause that's mm. got to get done too. So a lot of people get hung up on the rigidity of time management. And I've just found it so much more effective to tune in. And again, this is just another grounding principle. A lot of what we speak to and have talked about is about staying in the present. So you got to be present to know naturally how you're feeling at any given time to not take, you know, so that you don't pick your head up after hours of over stressing yourself and uh, and not being able to have enough energy to go to the gym or, you know, hang out with your kids or whatever that might be. So approaching things through that lens of personal energy is really important, I think, especially for entrepreneurs, but everyone. Um, entrepreneurs have more flexibility to be able to, to do that. Um, interpersonal energy. So here we're really talking about the fact that we all affect one another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, I think it's very easy to overlook that in and into itself. And that on one hand, we have a personal responsibility in recognizing that, that we're not going to let our cruddy mood, you know, rub off on everyone, for example, um, or we're pissed off about something or, you know, and what, however that might go, you know, it's contagious. And the same thing goes, especially in and around when you're interacting with others and being mindful of, you know, everyone has bad days, uh, you know, how someone else's energy is affecting you. Um, you just, just having a little bit more of a conscious effort. Do I need to have shields up with somebody who, you know, might need to lean on me about something, which is what friends are for, but I don't necessarily need to absorb, you know, that any toxicity from, from someone doing that. 
Uh, and the same thing goes with uh, in and around your friendships and upgrading your tribe. Mm. You know, who are those five to 10 people that are closest in your circle and how do they affect you energetically? Uh, I think these are all just critical points in terms of quality of life overall and, you know, in real time. Yeah. Two, two things I hear. There's one respecting your own boundaries and being honest with yourself about that. And simultaneously, you know, also thinking about the fact that how you make others feel is a huge impact uh, of, of where you might go in life, or at least the opportunities that you might have. You might cut off a good opportunity or you might invite one just by being a person that understands how you're making other people feel. Again, your own boundaries up so that people aren't disrespecting you or robbing you of your energy or sucking your life force or anything like that. But also to those points where you're being honest and you know that they're good intentioned, how you're going to make them feel and how you're going to serve them and help them have a better day. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better, Andrew. And, uh, you know, I think in tying it together in and around energy and law of attraction uh, and and earned confidence, you know, when you look at the negativity, let's say, of worrying and the notion in and around uh, what we've ca- talked about with law of attraction in terms of what we expect tends to happen. And if you then apply that to worrying and worrying being uh, essentially setting an expectation of something that you do not want to happen, then if there naturally, as I, again, I'm certain you'll agree that there's mm-hmm. some truth to the law of attraction, then you are that energy in and around your worry can have a causal effect for what it is that you essentially do not want to happen, which is another key reason not to worry and yes. just have the earned confidence to, uh, to stay present. So I thought Love I'd tie, tie those loose ends. I love it. Now, a couple minutes ago, you kind of noted the the open-endedness of my question. And hearing where we've gone since then, I'm really glad that I asked because at least, you know, my perspective, not blowing smoke, you seem to have a really good instinct for taking a conversation in a really productive, healthy way. So I have no doubt that people even hearing this might want to connect with you further after this interview. With that in mind, if people did want to connect, what would be the best way for them to do so? Yeah, I'd love it. I, you know, certainly that's, that's my, uh, that's my goal is to impact as many as possible. And there are a number of ways that uh, I I hope to do that for one, naturally uh, my website, mattzinman.com. There are a number of free resources there straight away. Um, Topics we didn't necessarily get into in and around well-being, uh, a depression defeater, um, a self-care report card, and a free video series. And the other thing, honestly, Andrew, just because of where I am in my progress with the, with the courses, I have uh, a seven day course, which is called a mindset reset. And those seven days are actually also the first seven days of the bigger course, which is called a life upgrade, Mm. which is 29 days. And I am beta testing the mindset reset for free. So I'm happy to have, you know, anyone in your audience who, uh, is, is in the, you know, in a timing and, and position where they can dedicate about an hour a day for one week uh, to themselves. It seems, I think, reasonable. Uh, and, uh, and I know for your show notes, but I'll just say mattzinman.com backslash beta, B-E-T-A, and they can apply there and we'll give them free access to the course and uh, impact another life, uh, whoever decides to go for it. So please feel welcome to, uh, to register for that. And, um, Thank you for the opportunity to share that. Nice. Very generous of you. Really, I'm always pumped to share cool free stuff with my audience. So so thank you for doing that. Mindset Reset. We were talking. It's so funny. And, you know, you. 
um, I was working on a project with somebody else and I was thinking along those lines, like, oh, mindset reset. So you beat me to the punch on that one. And I, and I note that because it's such a great title, such a great concept. It's great to, to capture the mind of where it's going. So I'm sure whoever takes you up on that and goes through those seven days, I'm sure they're going to get a nice experience. So um, awesome. So glad that we're, we're sharing that. So glad that you are sharing that. Of course. Um, with that said, before we wrap up, one question that I always like to try and ask my guests and I have a funny feeling I'm going to get a nice answer from you here is if you can go back in time, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, any time in the past and give an earlier version of yourself, any piece of advice, it could be life advice. It could be business advice. It could be anything. What would that advice be to that younger version of yourself? I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to mind, just because it comes to into parenting advice, uh, you know, as a, as a single dad, uh, you know, and, and I haven't, you know, I have one son and he's awesome, you know, you take that the right way. But I, I think that we made things too easy for him. And what I wish I had have done more from an earlier age and just the single parenting advice is to say, go figure it out, mm. go figure it out a lot more than I did for him and made it too easy for him. And I think that now he's got a little bit of remedial in and around life skills that because I made things too easy for him, uh, he should, he should, uh, he's going to hear this, but uh, you know, we're all work in progress. And Mm -hmm. I, and I, and I think that I, I I think that he would be better off and I would be better off if I said, go figure it out every chance I could have. Wow. What, What I think is really interesting about that conversation to memory, you're the first one that's ever answered in service to a different human being rather than yourself, which is really cool. You know, so <laughs> if he's hearing this right now and and taking it the wrong way, I would personally be complimented because like, wow, um, my dad's got this one wish of going back in time and helping himself. And he's helping me instead. So I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, I've got to say, I would never wish any difficulties on me, but there are certain times that I wish um, I was forced to figure out certain things myself way younger years, you know, like my really formative, you know, early teenage years, I wish I kind of had that as well. So I totally get what you're saying there. And I definitely appreciate that answer. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, you started to say, it's like, I always ask my guests this one question. I'm like, I'm bracing over here. What are you going to ask me? <laughs> What's like, he going to throw at me? What curveball do we got? Yeah, right. Here? Exactly. So, you know, I just go, that's the first thing that came to my mind. So thank you for, yeah. for letting me share that and everything else. And, you know, thanks to your audience for tuning in with us. And I hope that, uh, you know, our conversation, you know, has brought the value we've hoped. I really think it has. And, and Matt, thanks you again so much for, you know, bringing this insight, bringing this wisdom, bringing this perspective because this is what we need more of. We need people that have kind of lived through it. They've, they've fought their battles. They've got their scars. They've got their insight and their wisdom and they're sharing with other people. So thank you for taking time out today to do that with my audience. I really do appreciate it. The pleasure is mine. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks again, Matt. That was awesome. I really appreciate you coming on, sharing all your wisdom. Guys, you definitely want to check out mattzinman.com. And while you're at it, try mattzinman.com slash beta so you can get a free shot at his Mindset Reset program. I highly recommend it. Again, you can tell he really knows his stuff, so I recommend you check him out. Also, as long as I'm giving links out, quick reminder, you can check out my book, The Last Law of Attraction Book. You'll ever need to read by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com, which auto-forwards to the Amazon listing. 
or you can feel free to go to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. And with that said, thanks again, as always, for listening. Thanks for checking the show out. I hope you like today's guest and stay tuned. We've got more on the way. So I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.